So welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to your career with purpose. So I'm Simon Valentine um, and we've got uh, our live going out to Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube and Twitch today and uh, we're looking to hear from our community and uh, help them out with any questions they've got. Uh, so if you can just go ahead and let me know where you're joining from today. It'd be great to just know where our listeners are uh, joining from, what city, what country, what location you're joining from, just to help us uh, understand a little bit more about our audience today. So um, I'm fortunate enough to uh, be joined today by a guest uh, who I've known for a number of years. So I've had the privilege of working with her uh, across Europe um, and Asia, and we've traveled all around the world together. Um, uh, you know, to Latin America, Asia, Central Eastern Europe, Russia, uh, and we've worked in the recruitment industry together for for a number of years. And um, I wanted to bring her on to the to the show itself and um, really share some of the wisdom that she has and hopefully answer some of the questions that you all have today. So, uh, just hi, Victoria. How are you? Good morning, I'm well. Apologies, I was having internet issues there, but hopefully you can hear and see me now well enough. Yeah, I can hear you well. How was it uh, in uh, Asia? I think pretty much the same as everywhere in the world at the moment. We are in focusing on carrying on as much as we can as business as usual. We are semi-locked down in Singapore here, um, but focusing on trying to get the economy going while also keeping healthy. Very good. Good. Well, look, I, I wanted to start today's session with, I noticed you, you sort of posted something out on social media recently um, around uh, people being proactive out there in the market. So our community is by and large people who are wanting to further themselves in their career. So they might have found themselves out of work recently. They may be in work and wanting to progress in an organization. Um, or they may even want to be doing a, a complete career shift. Um, and I just wanted you to sort of tell the community what you meant by being proactive and what are, what are some of the key things that people can be doing right now? Absolutely. And, and Simon, you and I have known each other for many years and, and my, my background is recruitment and staffing. So I live and breathe this on a, on a daily basis. And I think what we now know, of course, is that it is heightened um, during COVID time. So whether you're looking for a new role because of being retrenched or you are still actually just looking for um, a new opportunity because you, you want to move on. What I meant by that was I have come across people who have come to ask me advice over the years and particularly recently where they feel stuck in a rut. They, they feel like they can't move forward even if they've lost their role um, and they've lost their job and what was really important and the questions that I was asking them is well you know well what what do you want to do you 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 have to treat it like a job looking for a job you've got to treat it like a job and create that purpose and and what is it that you want because if you are not sure about what you want then how can you sell yourself to that future employer if you're not sure and that uncertainty and doubt will come across during those interactions with future employers. So knowing what you want, even if it's at a very high level, 
and creating that I am going to do something instead of being the victim and feeling it's blame maybe enables I see that has enabled people to, to move forward more effectively. No, it makes makes perfect sense. And and I, I had another question earlier in the in the week, and I kind of wanted to save the answer for um for for, for the show. It was around where where is the balance uh, between being uh, proactive and annoying when you're following up, right? So let's say you've made an application to a job or uh, expressed an interest in an organisation. When do you follow up, and what are the what are the kind of limits? Um, that you should have when, when you when you're following up to not be annoying. That is a, that is a great question because we we don't we don't live in a world where you can submit your interest or an application and you wait to hear and, and hope for the best. Um, the, the 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 individuals that are successful at moving their way through this are those that follow up and stay connected. I think the though is to always consider what is your messaging around why you're following up always have a, a little snippet of of why they should be getting back to you and and be mindful that that they are busy um, but remind them why they should be thinking your name at the, at the forefront um, so it, it's it, there is a balance however it is a fact that when somebody's name is repeated, and we, you know, we know this because we have um, uh, advertising done in a way that it's constantly being shown to us. So, you know what? It, it isn't a bad thing. It's how you do it. I don't think it is a case of doing it too much. It, it's your approach on how you're doing it. Yeah. No, I, I think I think you're right, and I think one one of the things that I I find is that actually copywriting in the way that you're reaching out to people becomes really, really important, right? So so my view is, if you've gone onto a, a careers website and you've applied for a job with someone, um, they know that you've got your application. So following up um, a few days later, say, have you got my application, is, is kind of a mute point in my mind. What you could do is you can follow up and say, look, um, I submitted my application two days ago just to let you know I'm extremely interested in your organization, interested in the job, maybe talk about something poignant for that organization, and then yeah. talk about the benefits, subtly talk about the benefits that you're going to bring, um, and then also create an element of scarcity. So if you are genuinely interviewing with other organizations, mention, look, I've got other things going on, but your role in your organization are important to me, and I wanna be, uh, I, I wanna prioritize this, and I'll also, um, uh, make myself available, right? So I'll, I'll be flexible around the way that I um, manage my schedule to um, to have an interview with you. And I think those types of messages don't require a response, but you know you can be assured that a lot of people will read that and they will note it. So if you are a a candidate that is likely to get interviewed, that will help your case. So I think that's a good good way to approach it. Yeah. Good. Um, I just wanted to um, quickly uh, bring uh, Diana from the team into the discussion and, and just see what questions we've got coming through. Um, so, Diana, what, what questions have we got uh, throughout the week and uh, from uh, people online right now? Yeah. Um, so the first question that we have here is from someone who is working overseas. So. Um, 
the, uh, what she said was, I am working abroad due to the rising amount of COVID cases. I have been super scared to go outside. It gives me anxiety. Where I live right now, everyone is already allowed to work in the office. However, I don't want to go and take the risk. I asked um, my boss if I could work from home, but he insisted on making me go to the office. And he gave me three options. First one is to agree to go to the office and work like everybody else. And the second, to take a three month leave, but with no pay. And the third option is to resign and just go back to my country. I don't feel good about all of these options, but I have to make a decision. So I tried seeking advice professionally as well, but I am still confused and don't know what to do. So it's more like asking advice about her situation. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Good, well, uh, Victoria, let me let me start with um, kind of giving my thoughts on this one. Uh, I suppose the, the first thing for me is, is dependent on uh, the country, the employment law and, and, and so forth in, in that, that country. So my, my, my first response is naturally get some uh, professional advice, ideally get um, some local advice. Typically a lot of um, government organizations provide this type of employment advice um, for free if, if um, that's available to you. But I think that the, the key thing here for me is it's dependent on each individual's situation, right? A lot of organizations right now are saying to people, you can uh, ultimately uh, make a choice as to whether you come into the office or not. And it's dependent on your situation. If you're at home looking after your two elderly parents um, and they are in the high risk category, I am sure from a personal perspective, I wouldn't want to be traveling into work and putting them at risk every day by going into the office. I would ultimately be seeking from my employer um, that I would like a dispensation to go into the office. And these are the reasons why. Um, and I would like to think that my employer would uh, accept that sort of um, that request. I suppose in the situation where you've got an ultimatum of, of, of those choices, you may also want to think about whether you want to work for an organization if they're going to treat um, you with those options, because those options don't don't uh, mirror what I'm seeing out there in the market with organizations that are employers of choice. Um, so yeah, I would consider that. Now the, the difficulty is not everyone's got a choice to, to shift uh, organizations just like that. Um, you know, people are, are reliant on, on their work uh, for obviously their income and, and supporting their families. So, so I understand it's difficult, uh, but I would get the professional advice and then I'd question whether that organization is, is one to work for. Victoria, anything you would add or anything else you would? Um... Yeah, I mean, first of all, to your point, Simon, I, I am surprised that that is certainly not what I'm hearing. Um, it also breaks my heart um, to, to hear that people are in that situation. And it also makes me feel very, feel very lucky that I'm working for an organization at the moment that, that is polar opposite to that. However, a few, a few things there. Absolutely, is going to be dependent on the country that this individual works in. It also um, is, is going to be relevant to the employment contract and also the business that she work, he or she works for. Mm. So, you know, there, there are dynamics there that we're not privy to. So my, my, I, would, I would be giving this individual advice if they were asking me 
is to think about how you can re-deliver your message to show the value that you can bring. So recognize, recognize that your employer wants everybody to be in the office. It, it, it is their prerogative. It is unusual, and we're certainly not seeing that in the market, but it's their prerogative. Don't, don't fight it, be angry at it, don't waste your energy on being angry. But look at what value that you can bring Look at what value and productivity that you have had during the lockdown or, or during periods of time when you've worked from home to try and negotiate with them to say, look, these are, this is what I can bring. So don't just say why you want it. Actually give something back to them as to why, the, why it would benefit them. I, I mean, longer term, I absolutely agree with, with Simon. Working for a company that is, is that um, to the point of saying, well, hey, re resign if you don't like it is, is a little bit shocking. But there are three sides to every story and we, we don't have the full picture. So go back and see how you can work from home by saying how you can be just as productive whilst at the same time taking advice externally. Also find somebody that you trust within the organization, particularly within HR, to help them help you explain the anxiety levels at, at a, in, a, in a business way versus maybe an emotional way. So it's different angles to date there to think that it, it versus that it, it's completely over. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Good. Um, uh, Diana, have you got any more for us? Uh, yeah, well, let me just add something to, to, our pre, to the previous question because I talked to this person um because i had to ask why because uh, i had to give her my advice for that as well um and she told me that uh, well she was working from home for a while i think it um it was about three months that she was working from home because they were also on lockdown um and she told me that ever since she worked from home she was working way more than she used to when she was working uh, at the office, but she still prefers that because she still feel uh, she feels safer when she's at home, even if she is um, working more. So basically, she's more productive um, and more uh, feels safer when she's at home. And she tried negotiating; she tried that, um, and she was told at first. Actually, she was told at first that it's okay for her to work from home as long as she is finishing all of the work that she has to finish. Um, but then they took it back when everyone started working in the office. So they changed their mind and said, okay, um, I want you here uh, and I can't let you work at home. <laughs> Even if she already tried to um, negotiate and tell them that uh, and prove, prove to them that she, finishes more work because she knows she 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 um she she takes pride in her work so um so that's the case but anyways yeah. <laughs> we can proceed to okay thanks diana um, uh, so what, what about our next question okay so our next question um uh, so this one works in a different uh, industry. So it's F&B and hospitality. So she, she said, I used to work in F&B and hospitality, but due to COVID as well, I have been furloughed. So I haven't been working for months. 
I tried learning new skills, but the only thing I feel like I'm really good at is providing hospitality services. During this time, finding a job like mine is really difficult, so I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, great question. So I think um, I'm getting this one a, a lot from uh, a number of industries. The first one is uh, aviation. Uh, hospitality and tourism those are really the three main ones where I'm getting a lot of um, uh, a, a lot of questions around how they can sort of make that transition across right um, and a lot of these individuals have um, sort of customer facing roles that are um, you know at the end of the day customer service broadly so how can you transition across into other industries where the demand is um, there's, there's a huge growth in e-commerce right now um, and what a lot of those e-commerce organizations are struggling with is customer service. A lot of them had um, very, very uh, great stores. You know, Amazon is a, a, a perfect example uh, at the large end of the scale. Their growth has been exponential. They've hired thousands and thousands of people into their organization, primarily just around the demand uptick. Um, but then you have to think about all of the other online, um, uh, you know, stores and, and so forth. And what's happened is people are going on and purchasing online. So the um, so the orders have gone up for these organizations. The um, pressure has been put on the delivery of these items. Uh, and when you're managing logistics globally, uh, tracking all of these different packages and so forth through COVID has been really messy. I mean, I personally... Have, have ordered things and some things haven't even arrived after three months and others have arrived within two weeks. So the customer service element, and it's been interesting for me, when I've responded to these organizations and said, where's my package or whatever it is, uh, some of them have just said, we'll give you a refund because we can't even handle the the, the, the case. Um, and and the, the smart organizations have employed, whether it be contractors or, or whether it be permanent people, <clears throat> Um, you know, people from the hospitality aviation industry and they've transferred them across. They've given these people a, uh, a laptop and they have taken that customer service experience and they have put those people in front of it. So they could be, you know, just typing a message uh, via email, could be typing a message via chat or even getting on to, um, you know, Zoom calls and so forth with uh, customers and clients. And so dependent on where you feel comfortable um, you know naturally if you feel comfortable face to face with people um, in the hospitality industry in this case then you know could you transfer those skills across and, and it's not a, not that much of a transition um, if you've got um, the right level of computer skills so i don't know if this individual's quite got that um, but there's plenty of jobs uh, and there's plenty of organizations that are looking for that type of skill set so um, I, I think there's real opportunity there what about your thoughts, Victoria? Yeah, Simon, and, and let's not forget the entertainment industry either. I have many, many friends who have worked in the West End um, yeah, or true. within in the theatre that, that overnight it's gone. Um, look, I think I absolutely agree with, with everything you said, Simon, and I think the challenge that I see people are facing are this fundamentally is a career change for them. And a career change for anybody is not easy. But when you're under pressure, it's even more difficult. And what happens is, is that all of these individuals are, are trying to picture what they do today 
and what it would look like in the new job. And you can't do that. And so when they're trying to sell themselves and explain what they did, they're talking about it from the past perspective versus looking to the future. So, you know, the advice that I've been giving individuals is don't be fixated on what you have done in, you know, physically done in the past and what it looked like. Think about those organizations, Simon, to your point where they are customer service and they might be online and start looking at how you can describe what you could be doing in that job versus describing what you've done previously. Because this is where a lot of people, before they've even applying, are getting stuck. You know, do not, don't look at a job description or an advert and look at what you can't do. Look at that job description and think what you can do. And however small it is, have faith that you can translate that into, hey, this is what I can be doing for you. I'm IT literate. I am on every single social media platform and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And this is going to help because of this is what this is the type of person that you need. So when these people are hiring the, the, the people that haven't worked in this industry before, they're looking for that connection. And so if you are somebody that, that is, has been in an industry that has been hit by COVID, try and take yourself out and not think about the past, but picture yourself in that role and what it is that you would do and then describe that in your, in your application. Yeah, and it, it ties back nicely to, to what we talked about earlier, right? So it, it comes down to articulating the benefit that you can um, provide. Um, and the benefits, uh, in face-to-face -face customer service and online customer service are, are very, very similar. You know, obviously the, the, the form of communication is different, but actually the fundamental uh, is the same. Great, thank you. Um, Diana. Okay, our next question. I currently have no job, but I have some money to invest in a business. I want to invest in real estate. Do you think now is a good time to do it? Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting question. So this one here, um, this is this is getting outside of our swim lanes, I think, Victoria. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is it is dependent on um, what part of the world you're in, um, and, and so forth. So look, I, I know I know a little bit about some parts of real estate across the the globe, um, but I will say that one thing is for sure. Um, my home country is uh, in New Zealand, and the house prices uh, in New Zealand are going up pretty quickly. And the reason they're going up uh, is that New Zealand is currently, I believe it's still COVID-free. I think they had some uh, a slight hiccup uh, recently, but actually they're COVID-free. And being an island um, at the bottom of the world and being COVID-free, uh, a lot of people, are, if they've got the ability to live there, uh, are either returning back as, as New Zealanders or applying to try and uh, live in New Zealand. Um, and so that is bringing the house prices up across. Um, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, <clears throat> this is outside of my swim lane, so I'll, I'll probably uh, stay away from that one. I don't know about your thoughts, Victoria. Yeah, completely outside my swim lane. The only thing that I ought, that I personally think, and it is personal, it's not professional advice, is things like that are long-term. Um, for long-term results, not not quick wins and not immediate results. So good luck. It'll depend on the country again um, and what you're looking for out of it. Yeah, indeed. Okay. 
So um, our next question, our fourth one, what do you do if you are about to lose your job because your company is closing down? Okay, so th th this one here is, uh, is, is pretty, pretty common right now. Um, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier around being, uh, being proactive. And I think the, um, the, the, the misconception of people is that, you know, I'll, I'll wait for the decision of the organization. Uh, I'll wait, you know, until they give me the letter of redundancy or I will, um, I'll address it when it, when it happens. Uh, but you really do need to be prepared. Um, and the way that the, um, the recruitment market is working right now, there are very little uh, organizations where the process is super fast and, 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 and very snappy in terms of decision making. Right now, there's a lot of scenarios that are going on in a hiring manager's um, uh, portfolio. That means that they have to take uh, into consideration what's happening in the external environment. Uh, it all depends on revenue sales and, and, and how their organization is doing, depending on how much budget, headcount, and so forth that they will get in demand. And so with all of those scenarios playing out, you have to be part of the, the, the conversation with that hiring manager. So you have to get out there and be proactive uh, and get yourself known uh, by the organizations that, that you want to. Get yourself prepared in terms of, you know, uh, your, your, your CV and articulating your story, articulating the benefits that you can provide to the organizations. Start thinking about the target organizations that you might want to work for. Think about the locations, um, whether it be a geography change for you that you could work in. Um, start looking at organizations that are actually hiring a little bit more than some of the others. So I think all of those things are going to be really important. Um, and, you know, for those people who are starting to apply for jobs, then start looking a little bit further forward and start saying, well, okay, if I am going to get interviews over the next two or three weeks, start coming up with a list of 10 to 20 things where you can describe a situation where you've added value to a, a, a company. So when you're asked one of those situational questions in an interview, you can quickly just rattle off these things. And so you need to start practicing and getting it in, in your mind. Because if you start doing it the day before, you will be, uh, you will come across a little bit disorganized. But if you've spent a couple of weeks thinking about it, writing it down, practicing all of those things, it'll come a lot more naturally to you. So I think those are really the key points I, I would focus in on. Yeah, yeah, and certainly we're living and breathing and, and seeing a lot of this at the moment. And I think when I am seeing those that are being uh, successful at finding that new job, let me try and explain the difference between those that maybe are still struggling. The first thing is, is that sometimes when somebody's made redundant, a few things can happen. Um, there may be a blame. There may be a feeling of being undervalued and anger. I mean, the emotions, that, there's a list of emotions. And the important thing there is to do your utmost to, to remove those emotions because those emotions will damage you from moving forward with your with that purpose. The second piece is I've come across individuals who have actually had this guilt towards the company that made them redundant, and so they're they're wanting to help them out, and then they'll help themselves. Stop. The day that you are informed that your role is at risk is the day that you have got to look after yourself, and that company will not expect you to do it any other way. So put yourself first. And then on the back of that, create 
a job out of that. You have structure, you plan, you get up, you have you have a discipline of getting up. And it could be that you're at your desk for nine hours, eight, nine hours, just looking and talking and networking. Do Try not to procrastinate. procrastinate. Try not to look for blame and talk to people who will draw you into that discussion of being a victim. Talk to people who will go, yes, this is rubbish, and yes, this isn't a good time, but what could we do? So draw yourself, network. Network, find people who are like-minded, but, but turn it into a job and don't waste any time. Yeah, and that's a really great point on the network piece. I think people underestimate it. They kind of think, okay, I'm going to be uh, potentially out of work in uh, a few weeks or a few months. Um, and then they start thinking, what organizations could I work for? But depending on where you are in your career, if you're brand new to the workforce, it's a little bit more challenging. But if you've been in the workforce for a period of time, go back and, and look up the managers that you might have worked for before or, or, or some of their colleagues, because those people were, are likely to have moved on to other organizations. So people forget that you might have only had three managers before, but actually they might now be working for completely different organizations. Um, they obviously know you as, as, as an employee and they may have an opportunity, um, but they don't know that you're available unless you uh, let them know, right? So you, you've got to be proactive and, and, and speak to them. Um, good, good. Diana, did we have anything okay. else? Um, we still have two more questions. Mm -hmm. um, but they're they're almost similar to the the previous ones, anyways. But I'm still gonna say it. So, okay. how do you handle stress when you're in the commission industry and nothing is coming in or no one is buying? So when yeah. you're no one is buying, you don't get commissions, you don't get paid. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, so so I think, <clears throat> look, I, I have I've uh, had a few questions out of the real estate industry, which is kind of a very Commission base, and I've had a few questions come out of um, the recruitment industry as well, because those those are big, uh, very commission based um, type industries, right? And the the difficulty with uh, recruitment, recruitment has um, seen a decline in terms of the number of open jobs, uh, you know, globally uh, over 2020. And with within real estate, you've had the uh, limitation of, of lockdown and so forth around being able to actually um, purchase a house and, and actually exchange. Um, so the, the difficulty there is you really, really need to focus a little bit more on the, the longer term. So you need to go to your existing clients. Uh, you need to uh, make sure that you're looking at, um, you know, business development into, into new areas. Um, you know, a lot of these organizations have specialism or, or a geographic, um, you know, specialism. And if you have the opportunity to broaden your um, your scope and your portfolio, you should be doing that now. Uh, you should definitely be in contact with your current clients, customers, uh, and trying to add value, not, not trying to um, necessarily get the commission for today. But if you add value in a time like this, those individuals, when they, whether it be a candidate, whether it be a hiring manager, if you're in the recruitment industry, those people are going to call you first if you've given value uh, in, in a downtime like this. And the same with real estate agents. You know, go back through your 
your, um, your, your, your customers, uh, whether someone's trying to sell or someone's trying to buy, and, and add value right now, um, and then those will convert later on for sure. Yeah, and I, and I think Diana mentioned the word, how, you know, how, how do you deal with the stress during this time? And the, the challenge that we're facing around the world is that, that, that there is a lot of stress going around and stress can be very dangerous. It can, it can create a, 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 a worse environment. And, and from, from that perspective, as an individual, you have got to find people to talk to about that and discuss it. There are many people out there going through those stresses and, and, the, and sharing those stresses. You know, I think also, um, if you're not getting paid, you know, spend the time planning and looking, finding out who you can talk to and understand. The worst thing to do is to hide. The worst thing to do is to feel sorry for yourself. But, but sadly, that, that stress is a very powerful thing. And, and it's finding that, that inner strength within you to say, no, well, I am going to be in control of what I can be in control of, and even if it's the smallest thing. So certainly everything that Simon has said from a focusing on the future and looking at what, what snippets can you do now, um, but at the same time, recognize that stress, talk about it, talk about it with colleagues, friends, family, and and understand that we are living in a different world and that maybe you've got to change certain things that you're doing in your life to help you financially for the short term that, that may make you feel that life's a bit unfair, but it will protect you longer term and will help you deal with that stress. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing is, you know, I, I, I know a lot of very successful people and we talk a lot about this in our our community and our posts and so forth around gratitude you know if, if you do have a job uh, and you are getting paid a salary and or admittedly some of the salaries might be relatively low and you're quite reliant on those commissions um, in some of the industries we've talked about um, but you have a job right and you should be uh, extremely grateful and and by genuinely having uh you know gratitude and having an emotion around that will actually help you deal with some of that stress right because a lot of people uh get into what you described um victoria where it's a bit of woe is me and that brings you down and that that actually aura that you create goes into everything that you do thereafter um whereas if you go into it feeling grateful that you have a job sure you don't have the commissions that you had in the future um in the past you can still create momentum for the future so i think you know gratitude is a, a is a very important part of my day and i think if you can start to um deploy that in your day-to-day -day routines you, you'll see the benefits yeah lift you up indeed okay we so have Anna, one we last have question <laughs> Just oh uh, yeah, um, what do you do if your company is losing a lot of money? How do you get back up? Do you still try or do you just end it? Wow, um, we've had we've had one one in real estate, which was slightly out of our swim lane, uh, Victoria. This one here is um, uh, a little bit out of my swim lane as well. But I think I think one of the um, one of the things I will say around any type of decision making, um, you know, and the, 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 reason, the reason why this community and this, um, uh, this show is ultimately uh, called 
your career with a purpose is actually the, the purpose piece is really, really important. So if this individual has started a company or any type of organization um, and they genuinely believe that is uh, what they were meant to do, um, they're great at it, they're passionate about it, they can't stop thinking about it, um, this is what they were meant to do. You know, from an advice perspective, how could you tell that person uh, you you, sh you should stop doing it, right? Um, and so, so from, from my perspective, if you start with your your beliefs, your values, and 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 your passion and your ultimately your purpose, that should really lead your decision making. Now, what you do as it relates to the financial element of that, the the products and so forth. Um, that's definitely outside of my swim lane. I'd need to know the organization, uh, the geography, um, the products, all of those things in some context. Um, and then I would probably be reluctant to give point, pointed um, uh, advice. I'd probably refer you on to some of my entrepreneurial friends and, and so forth for, for guidance. But if you start with the, the purpose piece at, at the front end, I think that will help you guide uh, some of the decisions that you're, you're making. Um, because I know a lot of people who are going through um, tough times right now with their organizations and they just have such conviction and such belief what they're doing is right for the world um, and they're genuinely living their purpose. So if they are losing money or if they are having to lay people off, if they're the only one left for now and they're doing everything for free and they know that it's going to come back, you know, that's, uh, I think it's amazing seeing those types of people, whereas some people have just been literally doing it for the dollar or doing it because that's what they, they, they fell into or, or landed in. Um, and those are the people that are now stepping away from that. So I think ask that question up front and that will lead you at least to um, what I think will be the answer. And, and have a milestone. Don't, don't keep wondering and guessing. And, and, and thinking, have a, have a clearly defined date and go, right, I'm going to make a decision on that date. And either decision is going to be okay and it will be the right decision. But, um, you know, there are, as Simon said, many companies at the moment that are losing money, but they are still running their business because they believe that there is going to be a time when it's going to pick up. So, you know, really have a look at what the next 24 months could look like and make a decision and a milestone and choose a date to say, right, I'm gonna take another look on that date and go, right, I'm gonna make a decision. So that you don't have regrets in, in years to come as to, oh, oh, I wish I'd thought of this, or I wish I thought of that. Have a date, make a decision on that date and stick with that decision and revisit it, you know, revisit it a month later, a few months later, but, but hacking. Indeed, indeed. Look, um, I, I think this is uh, being, uh, a, a great discussion, great dialogue. Um, Diana, have we got any last questions or are we, um, are we done? I think so. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Super. Good. Well, um, thank you, uh, Victoria, for uh, joining us today. It's been uh, a real pleasure to spend time with you again. You know, it's um, it's been a long time since we've seen each other face to face. Hopefully I'll get to see you in Asia, um, Asia soon. Uh, and Diana, as always, thank you for everything that you do. Um, just to everyone out there, uh, whether you're watching the replay or whether you're watching this live, please join us um, in our community. It's uh, community.yourplatform.com 
uh, come and join us, uh, join the conversation and um, and uh, see if you can get some value. And hopefully today's uh, show has been valuable to you and we'll speak to you all again soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, all. Bye. Bye. Bye.